Sports, brought to you by Top Hat Chimney Sweeps, and it's Locked on Fridays. Are you there, Zach? I'm here. <laughs> Did you yell sports? My bad. Sports! <laughs> oh, man. Are you okay this morning, buddy? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> Just checking on you. Uh, I know we got a lot going on. Let's start in the before we get into the world of football. Um, Zach Black will be joining me, of course, from uh, Locked On as well as uh, Auburn Daily. If you get an opportunity, check out both of those things, and that way you can either read stuff or hear stuff or watch stuff. You can do it all uh, at a one-stop shop there. And uh, let's talk basketball a little bit. As Auburn uh, comes away with a win earlier this week, I I think some people kind of took that for granted, by the way. Uh, I thought that that was a good win on the road at Ole Miss just because uh, Kermit's kind of had Bruce's number from time to time, and uh, they went over there and at least handled business. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people kind of counted them out of that game just because of how they looked when they played in Athens the the previous game. I mean, we all agree that performance at Georgia was terrible. But, man, what a big week for Auburn basketball. We're all looking at the season completely different than we did just seven days ago, which is awesome. That big win over Arkansas was obviously huge. Um I think going on the road to Ole Miss is huge. Talked to Zeb Jasper about it yesterday. I'm sure he talked about it on the drive yesterday as well. But I just, uh, you know, you look at the rest of the conference too, Ben. Yep. And a lot of these teams that you thought Auburn would kind of be competing with for one of those top four seeds in the conference tournament, like Kentucky's not even ranked anymore. They're not even in, like, the bracketology. Like, the Ducks falling off the map. LSU, you know, a team that we thought, was overachieving, they're starting to look a lot more like what we thought they would be. I mean, look, they lost their whole roster last offseason. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's nothing against them. It's just a tough situation. And, you know, Arkansas is not as good as we thought they may be. You know, their lottery pick or first-round pick uh, is opting out. So, that's good for the Tigers, and we saw the benefits of that this past weekend. And then, you know, they couldn't keep pace with Alabama either. So, you know, you, you look at it. And it's, it's Alabama and Tennessee. And then with Missouri losing to A&M this week, like Auburn's probably third. And yeah. we thought, like, Auburn would be a fifth or sixth team in the SEC after, you know, that terrible showing against Georgia. So uh, it was a good week for Auburn basketball, both with what Auburn basketball did, but also just how kind of the dominoes fell around the conference. Yeah, because with Auburn um, taking on Mississippi State this weekend, Mississippi State also won in two in the conference as well, and as you just said, that right now it seems like you, you know, your Alabama and your Tennessee are your your two to watch in the yeah. in the Southeastern Conference. And and you and I have said that. I know that a lot of Auburn fans don't like hearing that, but Alabama's a really good basketball program. Uh, their team right now, I mean, they may not lose again. They look incredible. Yeah, they look so good. So, I mean, that Brandon Ingram guy's really freaking good, but. I mean, they've got a lot of veterans on that squad, too, and Nato's is a good coach. It stinks, but Nato's is a really good coach. No, he he, he is, and, and that's the thing is uh, that showed a lot this, this past week when they were on the road at Arkansas, and Arkansas honestly controlled the entire first half, and then uh, they made adjustments at halftime, and Alabama came in the second half and looked like a completely different team. Uh, that was one of the games that I actually watched midweek this week and uh, just to see how they would do. Because I thought that that was going to be probably one of their toughest tests, even though they are undefeated in the conference. I mean, you know, that was their first 
As far as conference play, I know they've knocked off two number ones already this season, uh, yeah. but that's, you know, uh, one of those was a neutral site as well. So I thought, okay, this is a true road game in a tough environment. Arkansas is always tough to play in, uh, regardless of what sport it is. And uh, I think I told the story earlier uh, in the week to somebody as uh, when you talk about going on the road and playing in Arkansas. Um, you know, when I got a chance to do play-by-play volleyball, I said they actually – it was tough to play then because people would actually study the media guide and would call out facts during the game. In a volley- and I was like, who does that at volleyball? But they did it. That's how rabid their fans are. So uh, so that was a true test for Alabama this past weekend, and they walked away with a win. Uh, Auburn, however, now looking to bounce, uh, bounce into the weekend and – uh, get to host Mississippi State, which that's the one thing that they got going for them is uh, it is tough. To, when we talk about road wins or uh, home field advantage, it is really tough to come into Auburn. That's the one thing they got going for them with State this weekend. Yeah, yeah, they've got the second longest home winning streak in college basketball. The only one ahead of them is Gonzaga, and they're like 50 games ahead of them because they play high school teams. So <laughs> that's just kind of how that rolls. But, yeah, Neville Arena's been rocking, and it's – um for a while, it's just kind of an Auburn thing. Like Auburn just kind of taking pride in it, but now it's, I think, transcended that and nationally respected in the world of college basketball, which makes sense. It's pretty good. You win 28 straight games somewhere, um, people will take notice. And so Mississippi State comes in, and look, this is another team where Mississippi State was coming into conference play ranked, Ben, because yeah. they were like 11 and 1 or 12 and 1 or something going into conference play. Yep. And they were one of the last teams to, you know, remain undefeated. But their schedule stunk. They didn't play anybody. And so they come into conference play ranked, and they play Alabama. They host Alabama to start conference play, and they just got absolutely decimated. They weren't even – it wasn't even competitive for, like, when it was tied 0-0 to start the game. It was, it was abysmal. And so um, they beat Ole Miss, but at this point, who hasn't? And so <laughs> I, I, I don't think Mississippi State is a very good basketball team. They are physical, and they're pretty big down low. And we'll see if that creates any kind of issues for Janai Broom because he's been such a big part of Auburn scoring offensively. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Um, Janai actually looked better against the big that was pretty competitive, like Colin Castle against Florida. Like, he looked pretty good in that situation. And so I, I don't think it'll be a tougher battle than, than that one. So I'm not feeling too um, concerned about it. But. Yeah, Mississippi State's not a good basketball team. Auburn should win fine uh, tomorrow night. And of course, you guys did it earlier this week. You and Daryl Dapperich will go live after the game and uh, and and kind of break down what you guys saw, as well as uh, people can chat with you because you'll be on YouTube uh, with Locked On, and uh, people get an opportunity to kind of chime in a little bit, as well as uh, hear what your guys' thoughts are as far as what you guys see on uh, Saturday night with the Auburn Mississippi State game. Move from there to uh, to football, Zach, and and. Um, Hugh Freeze still killing it. Uh, let me ask you this. Not, I'm not going to call out names or throw them under the bus, but there was a, a journalist that had pointed out yesterday that this still is not the splash class that you would think it is just because it's just nothing but linemen. And I, I couldn't have imagined anybody getting ratioed as much as he did yesterday with people arguing with him. But maybe that's what he wanted was clicks. Who knows? Um, Who said that? Uh, Who said that? I, I think you could, you could guess. I've already been blocked by him once. I don't want to get blocked again. Uh, I think you. Does he write for the paper? Yes, he does. Oh my goodness! <laughs> How, that doesn't even make sense. You need to. You need. You need to. After you get off the phone, you need to go on Twitter and you need to go search. It's not going to be hard to find because there are a lot of people that 
really went after him yesterday about it um, because they brought up a tweet that he had sent out back in December saying that this was not a splash hire and Auburn was not going to do very well, so they were quote-tweeting that, and then he followed up saying, well, the class is still not what people think it is because it's just nothing but Lyman thus far, and it just got worse from there, people uh, going after him. So uh, the best was the the memes, the you-don't-know-ball memes. Those were fantastic. Uh, Auburn, Auburn fans and their memes do really well in that, and if there's one thing that Auburn has gotten good at, it is memeing people. And so uh, they did a good job with that, but yeah, you need to look it up whenever we get off here and just take a look at some of the some of the comments and some of the things that took place. I'm trying to find it. I'm you and I completely, in in our minds, the conversation we we disagree with everything he said, um, and the reason being is just because uh, go to his tweets and replies because he was replying to a bunch of people yesterday that were quote tweeting him. Um, Got it. And so uh, yeah, I, I completely disagree with him. I we've gone from. Number three to number two as far as portal rankings are concerned. And uh, we jumped from at one point 60-something to right when Freeze came in, it was like in the 50s or upper 40s, and now it's a top 20 class. So I couldn't imagine anybody that would have come in here that would have been hired, anybody beyond it possibly being Nick Saban switching sides from Alabama to Auburn having a better class come in uh, if they'd have been hired at Auburn. No, I think he proved he's a top five recruiter in college football. I mean, it, w- what he's done is incredible. Yeah. And then also, you know, this doesn't reflect rankings, but also what he's done in the transfer portal, it's been unbelievable. I mean, this guy just hasn't stopped. There was a team meeting um, earlier this week where Hugh Freeze kind of introduced and did a lot of the logistical stuff, and he introduced all of the, the coaching staff because a lot of the players haven't met you know, some of these coaches, right, mm-hmm. the support staff and all that. But, like, Ben, I, I was told, like, half of them weren't there because they're out recruiting. <laughs> like, oh, wow. You know, that would uh, that would have never happened here uh, probably ever. I mean, I, I just don't think we've ever had a coach that values talent acquisition as much as Hugh Freeze does. So it's just been, uh, it's just been a, a totally different – Thing like and I'm I'm scared to record a show for the next day because it's like is, are we gonna get a are we gonna get a commit like yesterday just out of the blue we get Justin Rogers yeah uh, guy that could potentially start on the defensive line for us and it's our third defensive lineman if you're not counting edges if you are counting edges the uh, fourth and it's just every every pickup that we've gotten through the portal you can look at it and say okay this is what they were thinking I mean they went into it they needed a brand new starting offensive line. And all of a sudden, they get three offensive line starters. You've got Jeremiah Wright from last year. And, you know, you could scoot somebody inside that right guard spot. It's going to be really interesting. You, you needed not defensive line starters, but you just needed bodies in that room. And so they go out and get Lawrence Johnson from Purdue, Messiah Nassili Kite from Maryland. And then yesterday, Justin Rogers, a former four-star from Kentucky, a really, really good player with a lot of upside. You need a linebacker. So you go out and get Demario Tolan from LSU. A guy that LSU was ticked when they entered the portal. Yep. They had him. They built, built him as to be like one of the starting guys out over the next few seasons. And so, uh, you know, even even Nick Marder, the six-six wide receiver from Cincinnati, his stats aren't great, right? But he's got a history with Marcus Davis. The Marcus Davis got his first recruiting win as an Auburn Auburn's wide receiver coach. Well, like he's six six, Ben. Like, why wouldn't you want that on the roster? He's, six, and he's actually pretty fast. He's too. six six two forty five. Why would you not want that on the roster? That's unbelievable. And so that that's certainly part of it. You know, you need a new tight end to replace John Daniel Shanker. You go out and get Rivaldo Fairweather. I mean, 
everybody that they've gone out to get, it's made sense. It's not like he's just getting good players. He's getting good players in positions of need. And it's, uh, I mean, it's going to make Auburn a competitive team in 2023. I, I really think so. So, in other words, you disagree with the take that the local journalist had? Um, yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were saying he tweeted it, like, yesterday. Uh, the things that I saw yesterday was, he, yeah, his responses yesterday were, were yesterday. If okay. You, if you went to his uh, tweets and replies, because there were people kind of calling him out. Um, and so, I, I, I don't understand, I understand kind of where he was coming from, where he said the offensive line and, or alignment are not a sexy pickup. Maybe not sexy, but as, um, Somebody else in the podcast world uh, tweeted at him, said, well, that's where football games are won and lost is at the line of scrimmage, whether it be uh, on, right. the, on the offensive side or the defensive side. And I know that sounds like a cliche, but it is totally true. And if you don't think it's true, then you haven't watched Auburn football the last couple of years when they've really not had the offensive line to do what they needed to do. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think Gunnar Britton, the addition of him, Changed this team, the, the former Western Kentucky left tackle. And so uh, then getting Dylan Wade from Tulsa and Avery Jones, the center from East Carolina, it's like, no, we're up. Those are all sexy. Those are all sexy additions. Those mm. big boys that are just going to be absolutely bruisers. The open of my show today was Auburn's getting beefy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just all these big guys that they've gotten on the trenches on both sides of the ball. It's been uh, yeah, I mean, that's what you want. That's how you win football games, and Auburn's, uh, Auburn's in a better spot than they were a year ago. And the fact that he's done that in, like, 30 days is pretty remarkable. Not just uh, bigger guys, but also big guys with experience, because that's another thing. I mean, you can you can sign yeah. a five-star out of high school, but if they haven't played at the Division One at the collegiate level yet, you just don't know what you're getting until they get here. I mean, we've seen that not just at Auburn, but we've seen that at other places, too. I mean, very rarely does a true freshman come in and make that huge of an impact. Uh, even though they may be big, they still have a lot to learn once they get in. Right, right. Yeah, and you look at it like Gunnar Britton has one year left of eligibility. Avery Jones has one year left of eligibility. Dylan Wade, I think, has two or three, depending on his COVID year situation. But then these defensive linemen they brought in, uh, two of them, three of them, if you count Elijah McAllister, the edge, they all, they're all, uh, they're all in their last year of eligibility too. So uh, I like it because Hugh Freeze is setting up for 2023 to be competitive and yeah. then use this season to kind of build the younger guys that are part of this recruiting class and then okay, the future's going to be good, too. And, you know, he'll, I think he'll still get guys through the portal every year, but I don't think it'll be as dramatic as this year. Do we see any? Do we see him getting any, any guys through the portal, even uh, some that may not leave school right now, that may leave at a later date after they go through spring at their particular school and they decide, you know what, I, this is not what I want, so I want to go somewhere else? Uh, possibly. Possibly, you know, Auburn's at I think 83 scholarships right now. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's counts a little bit different, but it's either 82 or 83 across the board. And I think he wants to add a quarterback. I think he wants another offensive lineman. I think he wants a linebacker. So uh, I don't. I mean, you're running out of time. So I think you're going to have to probably do some stuff after spring is done. And in order to do that, you're going to have to process people. Mm-hmm. And so, so you know. Just like everywhere else, Auburn will have guys that leave after spring when they realize where they are on the depth chart or 
maybe they don't like Hugh Freeze's system or, you know, their new position coach or whatever. So there's a million reasons why somebody might leave. But, uh, yeah, I think that'll happen for sure. Auburn Open like it this morning, News Talk WANI. Zach, how can they find you and find out more about what you guys do, whether it be Locked On, whether it be Auburn Daily? Uh, how can they get to you? Yeah, Locked On Auburn available wherever you get your podcast at Every Day on YouTube. And AuburnDaily.com, that is Sports Illustrated's Auburn coverage. Just type in the website. There's all kinds of uh, Auburn content there, AuburnDaily.com. Makes it so easy for people to find you and to, to search and all that kind of good stuff. And, again, uh, they'll be uh, they'll be doing stuff uh, after the game at Mississippi State, even the midweek games he and Daryl will jump on. And uh, if you missed some of the stuff that you heard today, if you're just joining us, then uh, I'm sure we'll get another recap from somebody that's a contributor, and that is Double D Mondays with Daryl Dapperts that will be showing up on Mo- Actually, we won't be here Monday. So, nope, you had to wait till Zach next week, next Tuesday. How about that? I'll be there on Tuesday morning. Let's go. Looking forward to it, buddy. As always, I greatly appreciate it. We'll send him in your direction. All right. Love you a long time, bud. 98.7 FM and 1400 AM. News Talk, W-A-N-I.